breached the Black Helpline. The revolution will not be televised. Hey, welcome to the Black Helpline. I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcontent. I'm Big Germ. Nice to see y'all. Nice to see y'all too. What's going on? What's happening? Hey, lots. Lots. Want to get into it? Let's just get right into it. Yes, hell yeah. We got a lot going on in our city today, y'all. I mean, we got a lot going on in the country in general, but our city in particular, Minneapolis, Minnesota, we've been popping off lately. And, and we ain't even hot yet. No, I, I don't know. understand it. We ain't even hot yet. Mm. What's going on? Well, we got that Noor verdict in. In case y'all don't know, we got Mohammed Noor. Where's he from? He's from... Um, He's Somali. Somalian-American uh, police officer here. Took down... Um, what's her? Justine Diamond? Justine Rischek Diamond would be Damon uh, if they if she got married. But she didn't. She didn't. That's a pretty... That's not a far stretch from her name, though, if it was going to be there. Anyway, yeah. Um, in case y'all don't know, she spooked a cop, you know, and he, he killed her ass, you know? They all get spooked. But what's the difference in this one? Well, oh, he happens to be a black man, and she happens <clears throat> to be a white woman. And he ain't only just black now. He's, he's the enemy. Somali, and he's an immigrant, and he's black in Minnesota. Thank he's you. Muslim. And he's and Muslim. He's Muslim. Muslim. The most, what is, what I'm, I, I gotta say, the most hated religion in the United States is um, the nation of Islam and, and Muslim beliefs. So... That's a that's not even double sided coin. It's just one sided coin with a lot of scratches on it. Um, yeah. So she went up to his car. There was a call. Something at night was going on. She was spooked. Stuff doesn't happen in that neighborhood at night. Basically, it's the border between Minneapolis and Edina. So it's a lot of uh, upper middle class, well to do people in that neighborhood. And she was alone. Well to do white people. Yes. And basically car comes out on the call the day before there was an alert put out to all police across the country about uh ambushes because some new york uh, female cop got ambushed and killed so they're already on edge and you know i guess it, this kind of threw them over somebody banging on their car but in any black neighborhood who does that well never you don't even go <laughs> up to the police car you know <laughs> that you call you stay no, back you in the light with a camera on. You stay back in the light with a camera on, and you actually shouldn't actually recall them <laughs> to begin with. Well, shit. I, I, look, I ain't calling the police unless I run out of bullets. But um, it's sad. It's all sad. It, you know, a family lost a family lost their their love their loved one. You know, um, uh, a city went backwards a little bit further than where we were you know progress is only as as good as you know as bad as the as the crimes that put them there but we went backwards a little bit you know and a city was a little divided over this for a while Uh, it's still divided well the sentencing only came in a couple of few days ago right yeah the the sentencing the the verdict came out uh like three and a half weeks ago the sentencing was last week and that was what 12 and a half years they 12 and a half years that's because he is black he's he's black but he got the the man manslaughter charge and they threw the murder charge at him which obviously it's going to be knocked down or knocked out but they wanted to put that as a you know 
a rubber stamp on their racism and made sure he they got the depraved mind in there. Uh, murder three. Yeah. So <laughs> they definitely rubber stamped. They definitely rubber stamped that shit. And made sure he was going there, and you know, be praying to the east of them bars for quite a minute. <laughs> you know, um, I my problem with it, my biggest problem with the with the, it's not it's not the fact that this cop killed someone. They do it every day. You know, the malice is there because the malice is is, is garnered you know via fear. That's not my problem. My, you know, a cop needs to go to jail. They all need to go to jail. I mean, we can talk. We can get it all into a philandro and et cetera, et cetera. My problem is, is that he and his comrades relied on the thin blue line. You know, his buddies that were in the department who really stood by him. He got forty-seven letters sent to the judge on his behalf. Forty-seven, and that was the most that any judge has ever, has ever gotten in history um, prior to its sentencing. In Hennepin County, anyway. The thing is, regardless of how many letters he got, what he's getting is the double standard as we're speaking to. So he gets this double standard of how things are going to be because he's a black officer and they want to show, well, we don't we don't actually have any kind of bias and this officer messed up and so now he's going to pay. I mean, the truth of the matter is you have some clown who, who shoots into the you know, into a car with a baby and a woman sitting there and gets absolutely nothing. And this guy gets 12 years with a murder and a manslaughter charge. It's bullshit. It it's is bullshit. utter bullshit. And we can talk to all of the things that may have factored into that, but the guy, Philando Castile, is dead because, yeah. <clears throat> because of this almost exact same situation. But the cop was, was white and it was on tape. And the cop got nothing. Yeah. Well, so, Jimenez was—he's more Filipino. He still wears yeah. a badge. He wears a badge, but yeah, I mean, he yeah. wasn't black. He wasn't black, but still, the thin blue line applied to him. He wasn't dark enough for it to not apply, and that's the problem that I have with it. That I've, I've always had with it. You know, I don't believe that any cop, any civil servant in that position who has that much power should have that much leniency when he abuses that power. You know, um, um, Geronimo Yanis abused that power out of fear. Um, um, Mr. Noor abused that power out of fear yeah. as well. But that didn't, the two things didn't count. No. You know, they didn't, they didn't count as a same. There was no thin blue line. There was no protection of a, of a fellow um, blue life. That right. was just an example made because it was easy to make well, it. Well, that's because they were brought up in fear-based training. Yes, absolutely. I mean, from day one of the academy, you know, everyone they patrol or so, quote-unquote, protect is your enemy, you know, until they're not. So that part needs to change. How's that going to change? Oh, actually, that was uh, talked about. <clears throat> in circles uh, the fear-based training is not going to be a part of the Minneapolis police doctrine um, it still is there are people within the department that are, are straight-up racist assholes that are fighting people on this they're fighting the chief they're fighting the mayor and actually <clears throat> Justine's fiance actually is helping the police officer and actually some of that money that they got is going to go into training police officers to not 
be fear-based and actually learn how to handle what's going on because these guys are actually going on a lot of 911 calls every night. If you do that shit every night, every night, every night, your mind, you get a certain mindset and that's, that's actually affecting how they operate or how they go into a situation. And these guys are actually, they were fighting it, but now they're actually bringing yoga mats <laughs> Um, to actually, <laughs> to actually, you know, deal with if you're going to be a cop, and people are, um, you got to at least have, you know, the right kind of training. That just hasn't been going on okay. for the last <laughs> 150 years. Okay, but well, let me fucking, call. Wait, wait, a fucking yoga mat? Yeah. No, this this is I know, no, motherfucker. Is, you just breathe. You don't need to lay no, on the mat to breathe. No, no, it's it's actually it's actually working for people. And where are they where are they doing this? Out out they're just parking a car over at the park? You know, I don't fucking know, dude. I just know that something needs to be done. You ask, well, what needs to be done? Well, they're working with the guy whose fiance was blown away. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. I'm you sorry. Know, like, that's some really white shit right there. Well, it's pretty white, but I will counter it and say anything that's going to remove violent nature and like somebody that's being trained to be violent constantly, I'm down with that. However, yoga. That's just that's just a one component a of it. Shit. Come on. That's so you don't beat what, your wife what, and kick your dog, what, son. What else? What else should they do? Well, they should, okay, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Right. You know what they should do? Fear-based training my ass. Who are they training to be to be fearful of? Let's let's get that point out of the way. Yep. It ain't white people because I don't see no mass murder getting his ass blown away. I don't see nobody getting beat in traffic. I don't see none of that. Right, Dylan Roof. Got I see brothers Burger doing King. Yeah, Burger King. He got yeah. fucking Burger King. Yeah, I don't see no white people being being mistreated when they do shit like mass murders and um, stopping. But hey, maybe it's like this. Maybe because it wasn't an African American who has never been through our system of oppression in this country, and he came here, he's scared of that blue-eyed devil, you know. Yeah. And that's well, why he probably freaked out. It's too late for Nora to get on the yoga mat. We yeah, got it's too late you. for him on yoga mat. Yeah, but he was no probably the calmest mat. motherfucker in the department. Uh, you know the muscles yeah. be chilling out five, six times a day. <laughs> yes, you had a prayer. You had a prayer rug. Yoga mat. You had a prayer rug. You know, prayer rug, yoga mat is still a long rectangle. She had them too. She had them too, and she went out to that car. And I, I'm telling you, I'm sorry she's gone, but she fucked up. I yeah, mean, she went out there, and it was dark. And, and they used that in in the prosecution by the way the the leader of the prosecution team uh freeman that motherfucker's sitting in uh rehab for you know throwing back too many during the case he didn't even have a clear head you know there were so many holes going on there but they said hey uh be afraid you don't have to be afraid of a blonde haired blue-eyed woman in a pink t-shirt you know they basically said that and they they put that stamp on it right there, whereas you should be afraid of a black man, coarse hair, white t-shirt, always. Well, I think that begs a bigger question. I mean, you know, these types of images of we black people are, are in constant flux in front of people every day. In everything that we see and everything that we do, there's some sort of uh, horrible pejorative or a stereotype that that reinforces what people think or they're starting to think about what black people are all about. We're stupid, we're lazy, we're good for nothing, we don't hold jobs, we are irresponsible, we are this, that, and the other thing. So 
you know, okay, so we can talk to the police, but let's also talk about the larger problem, which is just this constant inundation of black negative stereotypes. Of course it is. Yeah. And and when you and when you and when you got and when you gain a certain type of of, of confidence in yourself because of those stereotypes, in spite of those stereotypes, you're questioned about that as well. So there is no there is no if we'll do something there it's almost like they're trained is to when we'll do it you know and it doesn't matter if you're if you're a man or a woman hashtag sandra bland it doesn't matter because we don't get the chance to be to be explanatory we can't explain ourselves out of any situations until we're handcuffed and and, and gagged and then we get it explained for us by some public defender or, or some liberal rights organization that wants to help us out. Some of us spend 40 years in prison before they want to come help help us out. But the, the like you said, the main question is how do we overcome this constant cloud of stereotype? No matter what we do, we're always going to be in some kind of mid-level threat. We're going to always be in some kind of mid-level threat uh, um, category. And I'm frankly, I'm sick of it. I'm a six foot three black man. I don't talk to no white kids, no more. Not unless I know them. I don't talk to no white kids in public. I don't say how they say hi. I go. I say hi to their parents, because I don't want the wrong idea to come across. I'm scared of little white children, personally, and that's the truth. You know, I don't want to be a part of anybody else's narrative about how I'm supposed to live my life or how I live my life. You know, and I think that's the big problem that we that, have right isn't now. Isn't that giving in to them, though? It's not giving it, in to them. It's like, well, okay, well, you're, are you possibly afraid of their reaction to you? And I'm not, I'm not afraid of their reaction to me, but I'm not, I'm not giving, give, giving them fuel for the stereotype because we all know that all these years we've been around, all these years we've been around on this planet, we can feel a stereotype in our midst, you know? We can always feel when, when we're being judged, you know, not not only by our own peers, by but by other whites, you know, and that is like the way I see it. I don't I don't give people the chance to be afraid. You know, I try not to go to the suburbs unless possible, because if you self-segregate yourself, then you should just stay there. You know, people choose to go live in the suburbs. It's not someone like, well, you got to live here and we're going to leave the urban people here because we're going to keep you separate. You know, people make that choice. Well, they're pushing us out of the cities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's very well, uh, few yeah. black well, people who can actually afford to live in a city that yeah, we into Brooklyn Center and Robbinsdale. I wouldn't. In yeah. fact, I wouldn't want to fucking live down here with all these stupid, ugly box sets. No, I would never Forget live it. down here. And in yeah. fact, I worked a party at one of these these uh, these buildings. You know, the, the rent is like five, $6,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. And this is in Minneapolis. Thank you very much. So I worked this party, and by the end of it, when people were so drunk, they started spitting off the roof. And I thought, oh, hell no. Why in the Try hell would I, Yes. Uh, why the hell would push, I ever want to live push, in a building push. for six grand when someone, some fucking ass clown, is going to try to spit on my head? No fucking way. That's why I never look up. And <laughs> we're at <laughs> whatever. We're at <laughs> well, that wide brim hat you got on now at least is yeah. a good spit. Yeah, walking around with a motherfucking sombrero on downtown. Shit, That'd now that I heard that mess, a six foot three black man with a sombrero. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll motherfuckers be taking pictures. I'll go viral with that shit for more than for for exactly a good reason. But you know, bigger. You know, the bigger problem is, is like we said, it's not, it's not, it's not that we're a threat. It's that we're 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 treated like a threat. We're told 
people are told that we're a threat. People in enforcement and government are told that we are, especially us big black dudes, yeah. you know. And it's and it's tough. It's tough navigating through life sometimes with that um, floating over your head. It is. I mean, you walk in this building, any building, you know, and there are purse clutchers everywhere. <laughs> you get on the elevator, it's like, you know, they don't want to talk. No, or, I, or they overly want to talk. Right. Which That's is more like, annoying. I, just, I think I, overly. I, don't, I just don't want you to actually acknowledge. I mean, I will acknowledge anyone when I'm walking to a building or I'm walking to an elevator. Because it's who I am. And it's just a, it's just one of those common courtesies that I give everybody. Hey, hi. Almost all the time, I just get a very easy, polite response. And I'm happy with that. I don't want to know anything about you. Right. I just want a common fucking courtesy. I try to put people in their safe zone, too. I, I really do try that because I'm in the public a lot. And it's my livelihood depends on me being in, in public with a lot of people who might have adverse reactions to my existence. You know, if, my, if me being around gives you a rash, well, you better not ever have sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is gross. That is, that, is, <laughs> that is just gross. That's the worst pickup line ever. Yeah, it, you're, it worked you're, once at First Avenue. Your game, yeah. your game. It did not, did it? No. You know, I was thinking about First Avenue the other day, and you know, being being of the punk rock black ilk of Minneapolis as opposed to not punk rock. I did the count of the Negro Nine at First Avenue. Yeah, when we, were, we were all there, weren't yeah. we? Nine, there were nine Negroes who worked there. Me. Yeah. Big Germ. I can name another seven right off the top of my head, and I yeah. couldn't think of any others. That's, that's true. really sad. And I was an imaginary Negro. Well, you didn't work there. I know. No, yeah. these motherfuckers think I did. It's well, the weirdest that's shit. Because you had a weird mayor, mayoral type of presence. <laughs> honorary. Honorary. Honorary slave. Uh, emeritus <laughs> Negro. Emeritus, <laughs> emeritus <laughs> Negro. <laughs> Yes, in fact, I wrote them down because I was so oh I, I wanted to be able to remember. So there's Pop Top, there was you, there was me, Nadine, there was Henry, Randy, Pete, Greg, Sabrina, and Blake. But who's still working there? And Verb. There was, there was one so there's other, more than one other guy. There's more than uh, nine, but I, but I, I like Negro Nine. But I fired him. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I forget his name. He just didn't want to work. <laughs> well, that's not good for the stereotype, is it? Well, uh, well, he it goes was, he that. Was half. It goes that theory. He, he's mixed. Uh, oh, no. It was yeah. the white side he, of him. That the white was side. One of those guys that, that, <laughs> that quit. That got hired just so they could come in for the shows. Well, and yeah. I mean, it wasn't for the minimum wage. No we shit. Were and what was the minimum wage back then? Oh, Seven fifty. Oh, was it three fifty? Oh, back in the day, three dollars and fifty fucking cents. And then you'd find money too. Yeah, well, oh, drill squad. Find a lot of shit yeah, down I'm there. Sure you would. I am sure you would. Especially after New Year's. You know, but you know, as, as much as it, you gotta, you gotta be able to laugh at it though, because if you can't laugh at the shit that we see, that we go through, that we have to bite our tongues on constantly. Oh, I've stopped biting my tongue. We're gonna just, well, I, don't, you know, we're just we gonna just implode. You gotta play the game to get the, the money. Game, so you know, they got the money to do what we do. We gotta, we gotta play the game. You know. uh it's, you know, it sucks because you take it home with you. Yeah, and I try my I try my best for years not to take it home with me, and I still I still practice that that mantra. I leave work at work, you know. Want a yoga mat? 
No, I don't want a fucking yoga mat. I have lots of white friends. They have plenty of them. Do you want a chakra cleansing? Oh, I'll take I'll take some of that kombucha though. That shit's good for the gut. That's so nasty shit. Upper GI man. Uh, I blamed you for the that box kombucha. I said that kombucha box. It was mine. It, it was, was mine. It was his. Don't drink that shit. I know. Well, you see, he owned up to it. Hey, I got upper GI problems. Okay. You know. All them, all them, all them um, pickles and um, peppermint, peppermint sticks, sticks back in the day. Yeah. That's still a hard image, but okay. <laughs> really Did you see what I, I sent him today? Yeah, the pickle and peppermint stick. <clears throat> I sent him an article on it. How, an actual article? Yes, yeah. it's the real deal. Gross. I've seen and read enough. I've seen enough of that shit, dude. You don't. Know, right. They make, they sell them as a package deal now. Yeah, you can walk on by. Dude. Well, you know, we are hot dish negroes anyway. But the but the yeah. you know yeah. we are I had some yesterday. Tater tot hot dish. Oh. We're, we're tater tot yeah. hot dish negroes oh. in Minneapolis. Yes. Oh. <laughs> y'all making fun of pickles and peppermint sticks? Shit, yes, yeah. yes we are. Shit, Southside. Yep. Because I want you know? some rice a roni. That's that's like as ridiculous as I get. Y'all eating that stuff, in man. In a dish. In a rectangular dish. In a dish. All in it's one all right dish. There. It's layered. It's like a seven bean with, layered with, y'all be dish. Putting tuna, is... Y'all be putting tuna in that shit. Sure. Oh, hot man. cream tuna with some mayo up in there. Oh, high yellow, yellow, high yellow ass, ass motherfuckers in here. You know? Mayo. <laughs> hot mayo. Got high yellow and this buttery motherfucker over here putting out hot mayo and shit. Who puts mayo? Who, who, you don't make mayo hot, man. Damn. You barely eat that shit cold. Oh, hot no, no, mayo. No, 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 no. See, now I like That's a good tuna true. melt. I do like a good tuna. I really can't fuck with too much mayo. I man. do like a really good artichoke ramekin, and there's mayo in that too. Yeah, I could take one of those sometime. Only at, only at the old Loring, only at the old Loring. That's the only artichoke ramekin I've ever liked. Everything right. else was. So you like to run a little bougie every once in a while? Hey, I like to run my finger through some mayo every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name now? Hey. <laughs> not threatened by that <laughs> but 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 seriously though <laughs> i think that i think that what we all do as individuals and and the types of people that we have in our midst um i think we're doing a good job with you know breaking down breaking the shit down and socially you know we all three know a lot of people here we know a lot of people all over the country but we live here and I think that having uh, an inclusive environment, inclusive community, really helps to bridge those gaps that we still have problems getting over. You know, I know I still got problems with them. I don't take any mess from people about, about this racist bullshit. I won't take any mess about it. That's why I'm glad I have the friends that I have in my life, so I don't have to feel that way constantly. You know, I feel uncomfortable. I call somebody and go, you know, I ain't going to that stupid party. You know, what y'all doing? You know, I'm just going to go do something else. I'm going to change. I'm going to change the narrative for these motherfuckers. You know, that's the way I handle my own personal thing. How do you handle your personal thing, Tricky, when you have to deal with this shit? Unless I am confronted with it and it's thrust in my face, I walk. I just walk right around it with somebody else's bullshit. That's on them. I'm not going to make that part of my day. Yeah, don't give them a brick to build around your house. Not going to do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
instead of a frickin' yoga mat and kombucha, I take a hot bath and I wash the detritus of the day off of me. And by that, I mean the behaviors and the looks and the whatever I may have encountered that's a negativity. I wash that shit away. I go to bed Amen. clean, metaphorically as well as literally. So that, for me, is how I deal with that. Now, there are times when it is insurmountable. And, but, and, and that's when, when I'm actually really hurt. When, it, when it's so based on something that I cannot control. I cannot control my, my sexual, my sex, my sexual orientation, my skin color. When it's something that I cannot control, it just breaks my heart. And when I see it being put on other people, it also breaks my heart. Agreed. Big Jerem, with you. Uh, well, everybody knows I wear my heart on a string or my sleeve. And uh, I thought for a while it was good just to put everything out on social media, what was going on, you know. But then, you know, there are people that you thought were your friends you can't always trust. You know, I've, I've thought I had a lot of friends, and then I see a lot of them have, conter- have turned conservative. And it's just weird just to watch that swing. But I, I haven't unfriended them because I just am curious about it. Um, but I know if I say certain things, somebody will give them a reaction. And, I'm, you know, I won't say fuck you like I used to. Um, I just kind of, you know, talk to myself. Or I go for a ride or turn up the music, you know. Sometimes I'll drive out of town, <laughs> you know. Just to get away from this the city, you know, just to see some some corn, <laughs> you know, Cows and not corny. And yeah, just just get out of it, and that's what I do. I mean, I'm I'm stuck here for a while because of my kids. You know, I just don't get as mad as I used to. I used to get really mad. I used to get in fights a lot, you know, just for a release, and uh, it was getting me in a lot of trouble too. So I don't do that anymore. I'm slowly getting out of that. I I don't do that anymore. So, you know, um, it's it's better now than it was. But uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you're gonna slip back. You know, when you have. Oh, I know. I know what that feels like. People say stupid shit. um, Act a certain way, but you can't reach across the screen and you know. Face plant or body somebody, you know, and then it just goes away because it's just, it really is. Most of the shit that you see is digital shit on a screen, really. And this is what people, they can't ever say that shit to your face or around you, and they know that. Yeah. You know, so that part is makes me feel okay because, you know, it's keyboard courage, you know. Right. You know, <clears throat> people can be brave. People can be very brave, very brave when they're when they're not confronted directly. And you know, I think that the the whole the whole digital age, the whole social media thing, has really brought out a lot of you know speculation about how how people how 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 how, how friendly are people to you? You know, I mean, how how friendly are they? How I mean, are you do you can you count on them? Do they do they really matter anymore? Once they become a certain way, like you said, once they bec- once you figure out they are conservative, and I have no problem with people having their views. It's when you act on that that the problem yeah. is it becomes a big thing. Well, I mean, you know, you start thinking them and eventually start acting them. It's, <clears throat> I think, nine out of ten times people will start to 
move towards the the action of their convictions, not just the words of their convictions. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm and at- that's what that's what frightens me about people who are leaning towards conservative ideologies is because at one point they're going to have to either put up or shut up. Yeah, right. And well, it's fragility. It's fragility in its rawest form. Stupidity. You know, and it's ego. I've, I've got I've got five that I know of right away that were a part of our friends, all of our friends. That I, I see where this is going. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. And that, Fuck and it them. Sucks. Well, it well, sucks when you lose those. Yeah, you lose yeah, some of those people. You, no, you just you keep an eye on. Them. No, no, <laughs> and you, really. And like you said, like you yeah. like you said. Jeremy, you don't you don't let them go. You watch them, you know. Yeah. You keep your enemies close because you got to see what they're doing because they because people like that like to brag, you know. Yeah. They love to run their run their fucking what mouth. What kind of energy am I expending trying to keep these clowns near me? You know? Why why not, would I even want to bother? Them near, not keeping them near you, but they're just going to be on the periphery saying what they say. But you want to be able to know like they're going to. You know, eventually, some of these people are going to drop some hints. If, they, if they're dropping hints, on. if they drop one fucking hint that has anything to do with being a Trump lover or a conservative or anything of that ilk, they're cut out like cancer. well. When somebody tells me they're, they're a Trump cut out lover, like fucking well, cancer. But so you know, me, it's swinging yeah. to the left extreme as well, not just the right. There are people that are so yeah, they're, far they're left, very extreme leftists that, that too. They are saying and doing shit that is. Has just as much craziness going on as the right. Yeah, I can't deal with that either. Yeah, you know, I've I've got a very I do have a very strict policy with people who say they you can be conservative all you want. My mother was conservative, but you cannot be um, a, a right leaning type of conservative and be in my midst because you might as well be wearing a white hood. A red head is a white hood. You know, and when somebody says they like Trump, then I'm done talking to them because I know two things. I know one thing, they wouldn't fucking pick me up off the side of the road if I was bleeding. I know another thing, they put a bullet on my head or light that cross for me, you know. So I let them yeah. go. Those are the people that are the ones who are most afraid of mm-hmm. um, losing something they don't have. You know, we, we were just discussing what we do when we're faced with just general, uh, general hatred based on our skin color. But what... And I'd like to wrap up this particular episode with with this, which is, what do we do when people then want to ingratiate themselves so much that it becomes almost ridiculous? I think that we should explore that in the next episode. What do you all think? Sounds yeah, that's good. A, that's, a great, that's a great way to start it off because there's a lot to cover on that topic. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all very much for listening to Black Helpline, joining us here at the Black Helpline. Thank Line. you. Why don't you <clears throat> get in touch? Please get in touch by calling us on our Google Voice at 612-615-9636. You got that memorized. Oh, yes, I do. Nice. 612-615-9636. Or you can Twitter at us at Black Helpline or email us at blackhelpline at gmail.com. Any one of those ways is going to get in touch with us. And, you know, maybe we'll read whatever kind of shit talking you have to say on the air and discuss it here. So once again, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time at the Black Helpline. Bye. Take it easy, Thank everybody. You.